0: Hello, and welcome back to episode 21 of Lessons Learned. I'm Dylan.
1: And I'm Evan. Uh, and today, I didn't have my tab open. Uh, in today's episode, Jordan Peterson brings us into the world of the medieval alchemist uh, by showing us how they saw the world. He then argues that our interpretation of the world has largely not changed from theirs, even if we think it
0: has. And we're already off to, uh, Evan doesn't have tabs open, Stark. hello everyone and uh we don't have a current event I mean there's a lot of things going on like don't get us wrong (laughs) there's plenty of current events but we're trying to tie it into the book um um I, th- I believe we only have a couple more episodes left. It's
1: looking like three.
0: Three, including this one? Yeah. Then sick. Then that means there's only three, including this episode, left for the book Jordan Peterson's Maps of Meaning, published in 1999. Yes. I just wanted to clarify that, because sometimes it's confusing. Apparently. Oh, that it's old? No, that... I don't know. <laughs> People get confused, apparently. <laughs> So <clears throat> we don't have a like that. That's it. That's our segue. I hope you like it. Yeah, Heaven, begin.
1: <laughs> cool. Okay, so yeah, today we're going to talk about uh, medieval alchemy as a study, I guess you could call it, and we're going to start with the guy that kind of introduced Jordan Peterson to alchemy, which is Carl Jung.
0: Is this the same Carl Jung that does the sick that the sixteen personality test is based off of?
1: Um. Like the Myers-Briggs, yeah, kind of, yeah. Really? With his archetypes yes. and stuff, yeah. Oh. So, okay. this is stuff I didn't know about Jung. Um, he saw religion as a profoundly important means of adaptation. Okay. So, he actually got a lot of flack, according to Peterson, from other social scientists and psychologists and stuff for, like, even considering religion.
0: Oh, wait, okay. Mm-hmm. Can you can you put me in the Carl Jung? Yeah what time period?
1: Oh uh, mid 20th century
0: mid 20th century yeah okay so think... that's not that long ago no okay now. okay and then this is gonna end up tying into medieval alchemy mm-hmm. so, okay yeah
1: he's, okay. he studied it He studied oh. it he studied religion okay and myths and everything like that. okay gotcha. um, So he was concerned with promotion of mental health mm-hmm. He thought that in order to properly address it we needed to understand value. Mm. so that's why he was looking into myths and religion and stuff like that mm-hmm. um so yeah he was overlooked because he took their statements of religion seriously
0: oh no i know how dare he
1: how dare he indeed <laughs> um but really that's what jordan peterson's doing in this book yeah so he he also brings up uh jung's collective unconscious mm-hmm. and we've talked about that before yes but I, I wanted to give a better yeah. way that he talks about it. Um, This is me paraphrasing, but he pretty much says that Jung's collective unconscious acts as the narratives that our culture passes down. Okay. So, and we'll talk about it in a couple episodes as well, but like, it's how you learn certain behaviors from your parents. That's right. That they didn't really say. Yeah. And they learned those behaviors implicitly without their parents telling them. Right. And it's, Stories and narratives and stuff have been passed down that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was just a good definition of it. Um, Now we can get into the alchemy that Jung and then Peterson were interested in. Mm, Okay. So what do you know about alchemy? Medieval alchemy.
0: Well, based off of my extensive research in Elder Scrolls V Skyrim Mm -hmm. by our our, uh, video game Lord and Savior, Todd Howard. Yeah. Made by Bethesda. You put things in a thing, and then your guy goes, poof, and then you have a potion. So potion making—that's honestly <laughs> as dumb as it sounds. The extent of my okay. understanding. If I had to speculate, if if I had to speculate what it actually was, I believe it was like a form of medicine. Okay, that's my best guess. Okay,
1: that's not too far off. Okay. Um, it's not quite right, but what they're trying to do is focus on the transmutation of the soul, hmm. as well as like transmuting metal, so turning other metals into gold.
0: Right. I remember that spell in Skyrim. It was a very useful one.
1: Yeah. I don't know that, but um, their primary like, saying for alchemists was, in filth it will be found, hmm. and the idea was that you could find what you need most <clears throat> in the place that you least want to look, Okay, which is probably going to be the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that are most informative are likely to be the most painful. Mm-hmm. Given that, so it's easy to run away. So it's hard to look where you don't want to look. Yeah. Um, Peterson says that rejection of unbearable facts stifles adaptation and strangles life. And we've talked about that idea before with the decadent and the fascist. How yeah. they ignore stuff and it just gets worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually thought that that sounded like your testimony that you gave recently. Uh-oh. Um, Because if you aren't willing to accept that you don't know stuff and that you can need help, then you're not adapting.
0: Yeah. Well, and even beyond that, like, it is it is the harder road to admit that you need help. Mm-hmm. It's the harder road to encounter the unknown and not only say, oh, I need help, but to even say, like, oh, I don't know this. Like, I... um my experience growing up was like you could you would just have to learn when people didn't know something because they would never tell you Mm -hmm. and that's something i found myself doing and then i would go after the moment i'd go wait a second that person knew everything about simplicity sake microphones they knew everything about microphones and i know an okay amount about microphones and because in the moment i was like well i don't want to look dumb I want to look like I know what I'm talking about. So I was like, yeah, 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 no, I, I know what you're talking about. But I could have been like, no, can you explain that? And learn more from the person that knew right. all that information. And it's like, you know, conflict of interest, how you like the collective unconscious versus like what you should be doing. Are you allowing what you kind of grew up experiencing to battle that the fact that you need to take the harder road, if you will, and. Mm-hmm. And ask for help or say, I don't know, or, you know, delve into the unknown truly rather than, like, trying to uh, kind of shield yourself from it is what I'd say. Say, yeah, yeah, no, no, I know what you're talking about. Like, I'd say that's, like, you're not walking away from it, but you're definitely, like, shielding it because they could mm-hmm. still throw it at you. Right. But there's that higher chance that they'll be like, okay, cool, and just continue. Right. So...
1: And then to add on to... I won't add on to it myself, but Jordan Peterson can. He says, uh, we choose one path or another at every decision point in our lives and emerge as the sum total of our choices.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: So kind of what you're talking about. Every time you don't ask for help, that's stuck with you. Like, it's too late. Yeah. You've already missed the opportunity to grow there. Yeah. And you're either going to have to catch up some other time and it's going to suck later Mm -hmm. or you just won't catch up.
0: Yeah. I mean... I know we had talked about this uh, numerous episodes ago. Although if you're listening or watching, this comment has nothing to do with that episode. Um, if I had started playing guitar, mm-hmm. like actually trying a little harder years ago, where would I be now? Right. Even if I didn't have the you know the lessons or the books or whatever, if even if I was just messing around more mm-hmm. often than not, I'd be where I would want to be now, which is like able to play most anything you know right but because i didn't do it then i can't do it now so now i have to do it when i wish i had done it then which is like the relapse of everything right. that i yeah. we experienced well and life. it's the
1: same thing that i've experienced with reading books <clears throat> is sp- i really notice it with books where i'll have a book and maybe i'll start reading it or i'll get it and i want to read it but i don't start it right away and then it's months later and I haven't touched it. Yep. And then I finally pick it up and start reading it. And I'm like, wow, I could have known all of this stuff so long ago. And it could have informed me so many times prior to this.
0: Dude, and I don't want to derail our conversation a whole lot. But like, that's something I've been struggling with is like, I, I had an experience, the experience hurt, so I learned, so I want to share that with people. Mm-hmm. But I'm learning a lot of people don't want that. Mm. They don't want that shared information. They don't want you to tell them, oh, yeah, I just, uh, I was looking at this car and uh, I think I'm going to get it. Oh, well, before you get it, like, have you looked at the other options? Did you look at this? Because mm-hmm. I know from my experience that that's not a great car or that's not a reliable brand or mm-hmm. whatever it is. And they don't want the information. Same thing with like Apple. You know, oh, well, you know, you could video edit on Apple. It's fine. It's got a cute interface. But if you want, like, power and storage and customizability for what you're actually doing, your real-world application, don't get an Apple.
1: So do you think that people are just... Would they rather experience it themselves? Or are they just not I, great about thinking ahead of time and being like, oh, this person might know what they're talking about?
0: I believe there's two major things. One, people in our society culture whatever don't really value uh wisdom wisdom being a lived experience Mm. they don't really value it because they want to experience it for themselves Mm -hmm. and two playing off of experiencing it for themselves they're not ready to confront that problem Mm. so if you have a car and the car's got issues and your friend's like yo um honestly you probably should sell the car those are not great cars that's a really bad year you're going to have way more problems it's going to cost you so much money and in that moment they just don't want to confront that reality because that's a hard reality crap okay so now i got this beater car that sucks and i have to get rid of it i got it like five months ago i don't want to do this so then they keep throwing money at it until they look at after the end of the year ten thousand dollars to fix it They had to go through it because they didn't want to, they didn't feel that the weight of what you were saying equated to the difficulty that they would have to do to overcome and take the advice. Mm -hmm. At least in my understanding, those are the two big things.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think that that's a benefit. Well, that's why I like history and literature, Mm -hmm. is because people can give you that wisdom. Yeah. But a lot of people think it's boring or not applicable, and then they don't learn from it. Hey. I, I saw a good meme that mm-hmm. was historians and it was like we learn history um, so that like we can tell people not to do something so history doesn't repeat itself mm-hmm.
0: and then history repeats itself always
1: <laughs> watch it on the sidelines because no one listens <laughs> yeah
0: honestly that's uh that's the best part about being in like doing work in IT mm-hmm. hey uh, you probably shouldn't do that I don't care I don't want to deal with it right how much does you think it cost me? well it's going to cost you a decent amount okay well and i i figure it out
1: (laughs) i think that probably has something to do with what we're talking about with this alchemy stuff
0: yeah it sounds like it
1: yeah so because there's a lot of i think humility that's necessary for this transformation that we'll be talking about yeah okay so now that we've kind of gone over what the point of alchemy was
0: okay i guess transmutation right
1: yeah let's talk about the world okay of the alchemist so they had a different system of categorization it was it was just different because some of their things that they would consider as like a unitary uh concept or single concept Mm -hmm. we would say is like multiple diverse things and it's pretty much because like we've had more time to explore and be able to differentiate
0: uh so they'd be like wood that's it. it's everything's just yeah. wood and we're like well no 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 there's like hardwood softwood right yeah okay.
1: it's like it's not necessarily with wood but yes no, but, it's like that
0: okay yeah yeah cool
1: so okay. the first main category that's important is matter
0: mm-hmm.
1: matter is the stuff it's the physical world and it's also the stuff of which experience is made okay. so it's both physical and it's kind of like how we think of information oh so it's it's the things we can learn pretty much
0: interesting way to define a lot of things.
1: Yep, they're more broad categories than what we are used to. Okay, so... And if you want to quote to explain it further. uh, The primary, or the primal elements of alchemy was something embedded and implicit or embedded or implicit in the world. Something often hidden that could emerge unexpectedly. Uh, this unexpected emergence can be regarded as the capacity of the object to transcend its categorical representation. So it could be a physical thing, mm-hmm. but it could also do something that you don't expect it to do. Um, like in the physical world when you're trying to learn about it. Right. Um, like that's kind of what science is, is testing the physical world to learn more about it. Yeah. So when it does something unexpected, they saw that unexpected thing as the capacity of that object to, to transcend what they initially thought it was does that make sense is that clear um it, it'd be like with uh he didn't really give any examples I, I, of the process. I think the
0: biggest thing i'm caught up on is that it's both physical world and experiential mm-hmm. the experiential part
1: it's not necessarily experience uh-huh. but it's the information itself
0: from the physical thing, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Physical
1: and non-physical. Okay. It's literally just like information.
0: Just okay. Information's See, always it, there. That's where you're losing me well, again. You just have to be okay with the concepts. You just have to be okay with matter is physical things and information. Yeah. So it's like matter is and matter the... like matter yep. and what matters. Yes, per se. Exactly. That's okay. something he says in there. Okay. Like, it's what matters. Then I okay. That's easier to follow. Okay. I think that's easier okay. to follow.
1: <laughs> yeah. So th- and it's because they were not as good at separating between the empirical world and the affective world.
0: Uh, okay. So for
1: them, the two are combined. Mm-hmm. So like, if there was someone getting sick, they might say it's a demon. Mm -hmm. that's getting them sick because they're combining two different worlds
0: oh yeah okay that would make a lot more sense
1: so understanding that they thought that the matter or the world was corrupt because it was incomplete they thought that the world didn't feel redeemed
0: oh in like a religious sense mm -hmm. okay
1: um it's also conflated with how we think about the unknown Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so it always has potential because it can do those unexpected things okay. and transcend the understanding that you have of it right now. Sure. So that's matter. Next there's spirit, which is a little bit more simple. Um, that is just the transcendent capacity of an object. That's the ability of it to change. It's not really changing, but it's doing something unexpected, which changes your understanding of the object.
0: What are these categories?
1: (laughs) These are just the most basic ones.
0: They're not, they're, they're both basic and just so obscure. And this these are categories for alchemy. I think,
1: yeah, I think it's hard for us because they were in a world where the affective was connected to the empirical. Mm. So these were just always one naturally for them. They were combined. For, we are used to those being two different things. Yeah. So it's hard for us to think about it
0: together. Man. Yeah. Holy cow.
1: And I mean, we'll talk about this, I think, if not this episode, the next episode we'll talk about it. But C.S. Lewis has his book, The Discarded Image. Okay. And that talks about the way that medieval people saw the world they saw that it was they thought it was just a system of spheres because mm-hmm. it was the one where the earth was the center of the universe oh boy. so they're like the innermost sphere mm-hmm. and the further out you go the more perfect it gets so they thought that god was at the outermost sphere controlling everything from there <laughs>
0: so <laughs> so they got it wrong but they also like didn't
1: <laughs> well so because of that like when natural disasters happened or really when anything happened mm-hmm. they thought that that was god like turning the spheres controlling the world that way. So they actually like they it wasn't a heliocentric model.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it wasn't a oh we're the center of the universe, we're super important and stuff like that. Right. It's like no we're in the trash heap because we're the furthest thing away from God right, right. now. honor uh, okay. I see how they saw that. But because that's how they saw the world, everything natural that happened had a spiritual component.
0: Right. Which that's something I like question, but that's just me personally being weird
1: yeah so i don't i don't really know my thoughts about it sure. personally but that is that's how they saw it yeah so they've got matter they've got spirit and then we'll talk about gold it's, oh. <laughs> gold isn't really it's what
0: what are we defining again the,
1: these are kind of the parts of
0: the three parts of mm-hmm. alchemy
1: these are probably the three most basic things of alchemy. To under, to understand it. We'll get a little bit more in depth later with more elements you could call them, but these are the ones you it's it kind of has to go in levels. You understand the big one and then you get a little bit smaller, more specific to understand it later.
0: I really thought this was going to open with like Avatar the Last Airbender kind of like elements. Oh no. Not like matter is matter, but also what matters, that's matter. Yeah.
1: It's a good way to say it. <laughs> so Gold, the next okay, gold they saw um it was the ideal as it could be perceived in the world, so it was associated with divinity um it it doesn't tarnish, it doesn't dull, it doesn't rust, so they saw it as like a physical representation of like eternalness, immortality,
0: uh, but gold does tarnish
1: well, in there it said that it didn't, I don't know enough about metals well but, why
0: do you get why do people get their wedding bands cleaned?
1: I don't know. I don't know anything about that.
0: Think about it.
1: Maybe it's not real gold.
0: No, it is. It, I it's I understand. Ignore my stupid comment. <laughs> like I understand the point. I was just trying to Wall tech a. Oh
1: well, that's what I like doing. So I understand it. Um as, gold is also rare. Yeah. Rather than common. It's sure. it it's a gold, it's shiny like the sun. So they saw it as being connected to the divinity of like the sun.
0: So there's a lot of other things.
1: They thought that it was the ideal end for all other metals. So they oh, really? they thought that all metals would eventually become gold.
0: Okay. <laughs> they, they thought
1: that transmutation was like a natural process that happened. And oh he gives the analogy alchemists saw themselves as the midwife to nature. Their goal was to turn metal into gold faster. They're trying to just speed up the process that already happens. Okay.
0: I follow this, like...
1: You don't have to agree with it, but... No,
0: I will I think if I agreed with it, you would be concerned I about would be. my well-being.
1: I would be. Um,
0: I don't know, mean, it seems pretty convincing to me. <laughs> <laughs> I might be convinced.
1: It's a fun theory. It, but this part's less it, fun.
0: It's a fun theory.
1: This one you'll disagree with
0: a fun on uh, childhood imagination yeah
1: so they they said alchemists were unsatisfied with the world and were searching for redemptive knowledge um they were trying to redeem the world that they saw as corrupt because they saw it as incomplete uh even though christ had redeemed the world they still felt unredeemed and felt the world was unredeemed and quote remained unsatisfied with the present still too mortal condition so they thought that the world didn't feel like it was good enough they didn't feel good enough and to me, it kind of seems like they couldn't accept Christ's message that, like, you don't, you can't do anything to help yourself be saved. They just, like, weren't happy with that. So they're like, we, there's, that's wrong. We got to be save ourselves somehow.
0: Can you imagine believing wholeheartedly in Christ? You were like, yeah, Jesus. No, my, my grandpa knew him. My grandpa was Peter. Knew him, but
1: well, these are later than that.
0: I, I'm just, I'm just saying. These My guys point were is, is like ages. you're, you are like God is the way, Jesus Christ is the way, and I don't know and how Christian like, these guys were. But you know, uh, I don't know if he got that last part right, where like he sacrificed himself. Well, to and us. like w- uh, that might be a little bit wrong. I know he resurrected, but
1: well, and I think they have a weird way that they handled jesus and christianity i know they challenged the church and they get in trouble for it um
0: like a good flogging
1: but yeah so they thought that to redeem or perfect nature no which was kind of their goal oh boy they man had to become perfect as well so this is where peterson says that they identified with the exploratory hero what because they don't i thought about this they don't have to be correct and uh-huh. their assumption, but what they're trying to do is they think that the present isn't good enough, right. so they're like going into the unknown to try and make the present better. Right. They can be incorrect about what is better or not, right. but that does identify them with his, his exploratory hero.
0: See, and I feel like this goes back to something we were talking about a while ago when we were covering the exploratory hero, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, I feel like the problem is the exploratory hero isn't inherently good they just are and we yeah. were kind of like wishy-washy about where peterson saw that mm-hmm. but i feel like we have to say he sees it just as we felt it had to be seen which was it doesn't have to be good but it's not always bad it just is because there's no way dr jordan b peterson agrees with Transmutation. No, he doesn't have to
1: agree with it to right. think that it was an important step.
0: No, right, but my point is is I feel like it helps us see better and see how he's defining the exploratory hero as it it just is. It's oh. a neutral thing. It just is. It's not it's not what is good. Like you aren't good for being the exploratory hero. But he's you saying it is are. good. Well no no no. He but thinks like... it is
1: good because we'll talk about actually it's kind of the next point. The, this next major thing we'll talk about, but they're the ones that pushed us towards science as a field right. of trying to understand the world. Right. Their basic assumption that you could learn from the material world mm-hmm. is the foundation of modern science. Yeah. So he does think that what they did is good. They were wrong, Yeah. but what they did was good.
0: Right. And like I, that's I think that's the point I'm trying to crudely get to, which is like... What they do in of itself isn't the good.
1: But they thought what... He thought they were wrong, but what they were doing was good.
0: Resulted in a good coming from it.
1: I think I see what you mean.
0: You know you know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. like, it isn't good to question the, like... Like, what we see today, like, to question the structure of, like, the government to, like, its very core, like, freedom of speech, right to bear arms, like, questioning that to such an extreme degree where you're like, no, this needs to be done, like, we need to get rid of these things, that isn't good, but what goodness could come from it would be a result, not the actual act.
1: But I think he would think that that is good, is questioning all of your base assumptions and reevaluating them. And assuming that maybe we don't have everything understood that we think we do. He does think that is good.
0: I guess. I just feel like it needs to be... I feel like there needs to be a criteria in which it isn't, like... It doesn't overrun what is, like, existing as... Or, sorry. It, it well, shouldn't. and he'll
1: talk about the process later where it's... You, you kind of put all of your beliefs and assumptions, you suspend them for a second... Mm-hmm. You go and look at the unknown. Right. And then you come back and then you combine the two. Yeah. So you're not completely getting rid of all of your assumptions. No, but, but see, you are you are putting them to the
0: side. And that's what I feel like the problem is is today, I don't think people that are questioning things are putting their beliefs in suspension. Mm-hmm. I think they're taking their beliefs die hard to the thing they're trying to change, explore, whatever you want to look at it, mm-hmm. thus not allowing them to make that connection. Which is, I think, something we see among, like, political arguments, right? Whereas, like, you'll see the conservatives say, like, I understand what you're saying. And they'll say, like, given X, Y, and Z. But when you look at it from this angle, it doesn't work anymore. And boom, the argument's over. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something we see is the left isn't able to suspend what their belief is. Because if they were to do so, then I feel like, at least my understanding is consequentially they would have to come to the conclusion that their current belief that they're suspending is flawed Mm. and and they can't yeah
1: i'm sure there's degrees of it
0: no yeah absolutely i'm not saying this is for everyone this is yeah it's just a general statement that works for i'd say most things
1: Mm -hmm. i'm sure everyone does it to some degree
0: oh yeah with certain absolutely
1: topics and stuff
0: that's the collective unconscious i'd say
1: well, we've already kind of gotten to why it matters today. Oh. But let's talk about why it matters today. Oh, okay. Um,
0: if you would like to rewind the video, then you can answer that question yourself.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, do you want to give any sort of answer to that question?
0: Why it that, matters today?
1: Yeah. Do, anything that we haven't already said?
0: Um, I guess the biggest thing that that really comes to mind in a specific example is the one where Michael Knowles is discussing with that, um, girl. She's a student at like a medical school. I believe it's Harvard, Mm -hmm. but he, she'll say something and then he questions it and she won't give him a real answer. Is she just kind of gives him like the answer that you could only understand given these presumptions, you know? And then he's like, wait, 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 now hold on you're assuming a lot of things and she's like no like she can't not make those assumptions because then everything wouldn't work mm-hmm. like he's like she said birthing people and he was like birthing people you mean just women no because da-da-da-da-da. and he's like right but how do you give birth like what do you need and if you have the uterus what does that make you biologically and she couldn't connect those dots because if she did then her entire argument her entire case Mm -hmm. would just fall apart that's a specific example of many arguments and i know you know yeah you've seen them but to clarify
1: okay i think that is an important way um he really talks about the field of science because that's what he knows about Mm, so i'm gonna read a pretty long quote here i think it's worth it though so if you want to interrupt me at any point if you have something to Holy say, cow. you can go for it.
0: That is very long. I'm gonna, open? I'm gonna read along.
1: You have this open, you cheater.
0: Yeah, but I can't. I can't follow you. But I'm gonna read along with this one, or else I'll get lost.
1: Okay. Um. I don't think it's a complicated one, but
0: sure. That's what you say.
1: It is difficult for moderns to realize why any of this might be relevant. Our psychology and psychiatry. Our sciences of the mind are devoted, at least in theory, to empirical evaluation and treatment of mental disorders. But this is mostly smoke and screen. We are aiming always at an ideal. We pr- currently prefer to leave the nature of that ideal implicit because that helps us sidestep any number of issues that would immediately become overwhelming of omer- overwhelming difficulty if they were clearly comprehended. What do you think of that so far?
0: You changed some of the words. I did? This is as if they were clearly apprehended. What did I say? Comprehended.
1: Oh. It is a synonym. It is? Yeah. To apprehend something is to, like, grab it or gather it.
0: It is, isn't Oh my gosh. I worry about myself sometimes. Um it still was hard to follow i'm gonna be completely honest with you i get what he's saying like i'm following it thus far he's just it's kind of like i'm gonna explain it so you can correct me where i'm wrong but he's just re-explaining what we discussed about like our minds and how we think about things are a certain way and to kind of put ourselves in a different mindset to understand the science that they're talking about is like very Like, grinding gears. Well, and
1: specifically what he's saying here is that we act like we're talking about empirical science. Okay. Really, we're talking about an ideal. Oh. They're like scientists, psychiatrists, and psychologists are not avoiding having some sort of ideal man. So I'll keep going, and that'll become more clear. Okay. So we define health as that state consisting of an absence of diseases or disorders and leave it at that as if the notion of disease or disorder or the absence thereof is not by necessity a medieval uh, concatenation of moral philosophy and imperial or empirical description. So what he's saying is we talk about diseases and disorders and act like we didn't get them from medieval times and this medieval alchemist worldview. We try to act like it's a
0: Oh, that we didn't, like, progress from that viewpoint?
1: He's saying, at a fundamental level, no.
0: Right. we
1: act like we did.
0: No, yeah. I mean, we act like we didn't come, like, we act like we didn't come from, or that we, sorry, I'm like, words are hard tonight. We act like we aren't living in a country that came from people who left a tyrannical ruling country and wanted to stop that. Like mm-hmm. we act like we live in a country where everything's bad all the time. Blah, 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 political stuff. But mm-hmm. like, no, like this country had a founding. This is a young country, but the founding and understanding why is important. Mm-hmm. Not only is it important, but like if you're going to disregard the why, then disregard any argument you want. Your make middle fingers are it. pointing out. Yeah. Cause I'm, you're being rude to the camera. I'm sorry, camera. For anyone listening, it's irrelevant. Evan makes up irrelevant points. Ignore him. I can't see you. Yeah, because I thought you were going to keep reading. I can.
1: Uh, the same might be said for depression, for schizophrenia, for personality disorders, and so on. Lurking in the background is an implicit, that is, unconscious ideal, which against all All insufficient present states are necessarily and detrimentally compared.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: So, I guess I'll go on to the next one. It's pretty short, and I think it drives the point home. Sooner or later, however, we will have to come to terms with the fact that we are in fact attempting to produce the ideal man, and we'll have to define explicitly what that means. So, doctors and psychologists and... All of these people in science act like they're dealing in only empirical evidence and only the world of fact. When really, at the base of what they're doing, they have an assumption about what the ideal person is like, and they just ignore that fact, right? Because they don't want they want to remain scientifically neutral, supposedly, Mm -hmm. and avoid having to make any sort of value judgments. Yeah, but they are making one when they assume that someone is not ideal. Yeah. Or if they have some sort of sickness, they have to compare that to the person that is healthy. Yeah. So I thought that was important.
0: Not well, and I think it brings up uh, an intriguing point mm-hmm. about going to, like, the doctors. Like, there is an ideal you that they see. Goodbye. Uh, oh. <laughs> Goodbye, background. If you're listening, nothing happened. But no. if you're watching, you know what happened. I'm a little sad right now. Um, No, don't touch it. Okay. <laughs> um, Yeah, but going to the doctors, it's like... There is an ideal you that they see. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, wow, that's just an interesting point. They don't address that. No. They address the things that guide you to that... Right, the but things they that are wrong, or they don't explicitly say, like, we're trying to get you here because this is ideal. Mm-hmm. But the only reason they've come to this ideal conclusion is because that is what is deemed as healthy. But then, I mean, at least what I'm learning is that, like, healthy is very, very misunderstood. Mm. Very misunderstood. And I'm not talking about like, the whole like Lizzo kind of thing where the left is like oh no fat's beautiful taking up three seats on an airplane that's like no way to go no not way to go I take up one seat I'm not saying there's much room after that but I take up one so my point is like there if you look at like some bodybuilders or strongman you might be like that's really healthy Look how strong they are. Look how in shape they are. Yeah. And then you consider all the roids they do. And the fact that like strong men, and I'm not sure about bodybuilders, but I know strong men have literally so much muscle on their chest. They have to wear a sleep app machine because they can't breathe because their chest is so heavy.
1: Wow. That's how
0: much muscle that is. It's an incredible amount. They, They have incredibly hard working ethics and stuff but now let me ask you is that healthy right probably not probably okay so then you can i'm not saying not to do strongman i think that's much better than being morbidly obese but like is that the end goal is that the healthy goal so then what is healthy Mm -hmm. and i feel like there's a much larger not a large range but more of a range than what people say But also that range is probably smaller and bigger because it's like, obviously don't be fat, don't be morbidly obese, but you hit a certain point of muscle, roids, whatever. Well, now you're facing the, like the polar opposite Mm
1: -hmm. or super skinny, like deathly skinny,
0: anorexia. Mm -hmm. I mean, healthy, I feel like is the balance. Yeah. Which, huh? Weird balance in life. Indeed. How dare we? Well, and I
1: was thinking about I'm taking a Holocaust class right now, and a lot of the stuff, like even in Hitler's mind Kampf, I had to read a chapter of that this last week, mm-hmm. and write an essay thing about it. And he bases a lot of his justification in science. He tries Hitler to say does? that. Mm-hmm, he tries really? to say that nature always segregates species and so as humans we should do the same thing as segregate races um mm. and he talks about inferior genetics versus superior genetics and stuff and i'm wondering if part of what happened is that but it is only off the top of my head but mm. maybe modernity cut off science from christianity mm. and it was like a really hard cut so then science went in a bunch of different directions To be used however people wanted to use it. Mm -hmm. And then. The atrocities. Of the 20th century happened. And people were like okay well. There probably is an ideal. Yeah. Because if there's not an ideal that happens. Yeah. But I still don't want to be religious. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to talk about the ideal.
0: I you know. I don't know why it stuck out to me. But like his point of. Segregating races. Based on like the what's the word you used why was he segregating races because nature did it no no no. but like like the
1: superior inferior
0: yeah like the genetics the superior inferior Mm -hmm. genetics that is subjective
1: he tries to make it an objective thing
0: right but he it's not i understand Mm -hmm. but it's not but they're each
1: well so he he tries to prove that it's objective by saying like that the Aryan race was the first race and that it's the only, it's one of the only ones that can create culture.
0: Oh, wait, the Bible says that Adam had blonde hair and blue eyes?
1: Right, that's the thing. is He never, he, oh, ju- he just says it was the first.
0: It didn't say that? Yeah. That's so strange.
1: Yeah, so he never actually gives evidence for it, but he definitely makes the claim that, yeah, it was the first one. It's been corrupted over time, which then it's like, if it's the superior one, why is it being corrupted?
0: Well, but then you also have to consider that, like, okay, well, what's what do you mean by corrupting? Like, do you mean blending races? Because yes, I mean, like, yes, he thought
1: that he called it blood poisoning. Where if you
0: is this Harry Potter again?
1: Pretty much, if you have filthy mud blood, if you have kids with an inferior race, then you're sacrificing the greatness of your superior race in that kid.
0: Look, Usain Bolt is the fastest man on foot yeah over 20 miles an hour that man runs yeah because of his genetics yeah i there's i can't i can't live in a world where people don't understand that races have different strengths and weaknesses Mm. like they just do that's just genetically speaking it's adaptability right well like black people have black skin because of melanin because they in africa there is sun in a lot of it and we have white skin because we didn't face that thing right and because of geography and climates and all this stuff we our bodies adapted and shifted we're still humans we're still people that's why we look and talk and sound and that's why we have these all these same things but that's the adaptive versus um evolution thing mm-hmm. doy but like yeah different races have different strong suits mm-hmm. they just do but that doesn't
1: make one better than the other no because with a strong suit to be very clear' comes a weakness to be very clear no race is better than another
0: no that's not how that works <laughs> because what, I, what my point is is like with a strong suit comes a weakness mm-hmm it just does, and I'm not going to go into each and every race's strong suit and weakness because, frankly, I just don't know enough about them, mm-hmm. but what I do know is that when you're doing car work, you have to pick and choose. A turbocharger is great because it uses the exhaust to make more power for the engine, but a supercharger is also great because it makes continuous power. Mm-hmm. So, the turbocharger's downfall is it's not continuous power. You have to wait for the exhaust. The supercharger's downfall is that you have to use engine power, not exhaust power. That's just how most... I I don't often see things that aren't balanced in that way. Like a give and take. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's the same thing with us. There's a give and take.
1: Yeah. I think we got on a tangent on that one.
0: We definitely did. That's okay. I hope so.
1: Um... So he says that science is based on the assumption that it's worthwhile to analyze the material or collectively apprehensive sensory world. But we'll cut that part out because it's not as helpful. Um, oh. it's Worthwhile to analyze the material world and its transformations. And mm-hmm. that assumption was come up with by the alchemists. Okay. So that's just setting the stage for how important these guys are. Okay. Is... Well, it's kind of like what he talks about at the beginning of the book, how we can't avoid making value judgments. Mm-hmm. Scientists today are following this value judgment that alchemists made back in the Middle Ages.
0: Ooh, It's kind of like the classroom thing in World War I. Which thing? Classrooms and standardized tests were invented during World War I and have not changed. Yeah. And that's the pro- many, many, many problems in our education system.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Things don't change as much as we think they do. Ironic. Um so next he talks about the lapis philosophorum or the philosopher's stone. So this is kind of a weird thing. You're lying. No, that's where it came from. The
0: philosopher's stone. Yeah. The sorcerer's stone. Yeah. That's where it came from. Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, It was a substance that could transform metals as well as could, quote, confer upon its bearer, complete knowledge, immortal life, and impeccable mental and physical health.
0: I was going to ask if this was a real thing, but then you read the quote and I realized that this was not a real stone at all. (laughs) No.
1: No, but it's something that they searched for.
0: It, but so they believed it was a real stone. They it thought wasn't just an idea. They
1: thought that there could be some material that would be able to transform the world or redeem the world
0: oh, wow. and
1: redeem themselves.
0: Hmm. That's not how that works. That's what. Christ so that is was for. like,
1: that was kind of their quest, because they thought it, that finding that would help them transmute everything into gold,
0: like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's silly.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, but it's an important idea. Because what he says is the alchemical fantasy provided the motive power for the empirical endeavor or science. Mm-hmm. It provided the motive for being scientific, just as the dream of Judeo-Christianity provided motive power for the civilization of the West. Really? Which I think is a really important point is you and I both know how foundational Christianity was to the ideas of the West and the structure of the West. Yeah. Yeah. He's saying that alchemy is as important to science.
0: Hmm. I mean, I I can't say inherently for any reason that he's wrong, especially given that they're still using those ideas today. Right. Yeah.
1: He's saying that that's where it started.
0: Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Huh.
1: Haven't moved very far.
0: I felt like this was just a good lesson today. Yeah. Good chat.
1: Yeah. So that's all I have. Any last thoughts about any of that?
0: Um. Well, alchemy is weird.
1: It is weird, but it's important.
0: I don't understand.
1: I like it. I think it's fun.
0: Oh, I think it's very cool. I just I say I don't understand because so why in video games do we like make potions and stuff? And they say Call that's alchemy? alchemy.
1: I'm sure they did some of that stuff. There was a lot of like trying to figure out what different materials did and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, one of the things that they did that he talks about in the book is they would experiment with like dissolving substances and that kind of thing. And I think there was this one thing where they would do something with sulfur that it would release the nox- nauseous gas. Oh. And like kill people. Oh. Because it was poisonous. Um, and they ascribed to that a demon. They thought that that sulfur brought demons because that's the not being able to separate the empirical from the affective. Yeah. So
0: that's, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. Hey, but, you want to smell this? Sure. Oh. Demon must be a demon in there.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, I can summon my own. <laughs> Get your pocket demon here today. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. You can well, get. Well, I'm sure pocket if you. Demon. I mean, if
1: you put yourself in their mind, like you don't know anything about chemistry, or whatever.
0: Okay. And I know nothing about chemistry. That's a lot of unlearning, but okay.
1: This rock, rock, or material that someone has yes. starts to dissolve, okay. and then you smell something weird, and then you just die.
0: Oh well, it must be poisonous much like a snake.
1: But it's in the air, you can't see it.
0: Oh, I and
1: so it's in the air, it's invisible, it's probably a demon.
0: But if it okay, if no. No 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 no. Because if a snake bites you and you die, you didn't see the venom, you probably but you know that the snake did it to you. You probably barely saw that you got bit cuz they're so quick.
1: I mean, you still see the snake bites you when it bites you, though.
0: Right. Sure. If you're paying attention.
1: Like, in Genesis, he makes the analogy, or he turns Satan into a snake.
0: Yeah, okay. Er, there's
1: been snakes the whole time.
0: Hang on. Uh-huh. So, you're telling me, I put a rock and the thing in it, and I said, sniff this, and my friend went, and died, and I was like, oh, if you rock, demon... Yeah, because there's no just correlation a with the inhalation
1: of... Well, it's like it, this is before they had germ theory
0: and stuff. But it's not about... Uh, like they, this, was, this was also... I, I'm in a losing position. I know I'm in a losing position because I'm not them. I but, well, the not other issue is argument at all.
1: The other issue is that this was back in the time when they had the four humors. The what? This was their medical theory was that there was four humors. I'll look it up.
0: He's going to look it up. In the meantime, he's so looking, I can listen no, for you. I'm going to make my point a little stronger. Well, hold so on. You're... I found it. Oh.
1: So there was the... Oh, I lost it. <laughs> okay, there was blood. Mm-hmm. There was yellow bile. Okay. There's black bile. Uh-huh. And there was phlegm. Okay. These three things... Or four things. Whoa. Wow. These four things had to now. be in balance in your body mm-hmm. and that was when you were healthy. So they thought that if you were too low in your black bile then you would have like some sort of sickness or that that was why you were acting the way that you were. Um. So that's... You mean
0: if somebody was like, yeah, I only pooped once today," they would be like you're possessed.
1: They might think you're low on blood and bleed you. Or they might think you're high in blood and bleed you.
0: Everything... Poop too much, bleed you. Poop too little, bleed you.
1: I don't remember which one's which. I don't remember what the not four gamers said. Blood, did, but... bleed ya. <laughs> Well, There was a lot of bleeding. Yeah. Oh, I know. But that's all I've got.
0: Well, I don't have any like anything to add other than that. I think demons kind of a bold conclusion to come to. But I understand. I'm in a losing seat. I'm not going to win this argument because I'm not them. Well, it. yeah, that's my point. Is like yeah. it's
1: bold for us. Yeah. But when you see the world as also having meaning embedded in it.
0: I just. There's a couple other things I'd come to the conclusion of before. But that's because you're Demon. way different. That's because we're way different now. I know. I know. I know. I understand. I got it. Even though it doesn't seem like I understand, I do. I just like. Modernity is hard. Yes, it is. What if Hulk talked like that? Like, you know, Hulk hungry. Uh But instead of something like that, he used really big words. Yeah. And like the singularity kind of speak, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Instead of Hulk hungry, Hulk (laughs) famished. You know what I mean? I can't think of anything else, but like.
1: Well, it would just be like if what's his character, Bruce Banner. Mm -hmm. It'd be like if there was a little bit more Bruce Banner.
0: No, Marvel already did that, and that was disgusting. No,
1: because that was just that was Bruce Banner as Hulk. Yeah, I'm saying like Hulk with a sprinkle of Bruce Banner.
0: He was really okay with that transition, given um, given the thing from the Fantastic Four, he was not okay with that. I don't know that. Why do I talk to you? It's because I love you, not because you know anything about comics.
1: I know. That my favorite Thor is Rune King Thor.
0: But that's all I know. Oh yeah? How many comics of that have you read? None. Alright, there you go. You're done talking. Thanks for watching, guys. I'm going to let Evan close this one because that's his job now.
1: Yeah, I hope some of this was interesting to you guys. This one's a lot of foundation building for these alchemy ideas. So stick around for next episode. And we'll talk about this process of transformation Mm, that they had. Um, Ooh. it's a week away for you unless you're listening to this after
0: Monday. So then it's less. Then it's six days away. Yeah.
1: Have a good week or less than a week. <laughs> and
0: unless you're listening to this a month from now and you're gonna follow this episode up with the next one,
1: yeah, that too. So, <laughs> all right, guys, thanks for sticking around this long. <clears throat> we will let you know in the coming episodes what our next book will be. Yeah. Um and we will see you next week.
0: Goodbye. Okay, bye.